Hello, my name is Reverend Casey Carbone, and you're listening to a sermon provided by the First Presbyterian Church at Mayopac. We are currently worshiping on Sundays at 10 a.m., both on Facebook Live and YouTube Live. We hope that this message provides you with a source of encouragement and allows you to grow more deeply in your faith as we all continue to seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Our reading this morning comes to us from the Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 18, verses 15 to 20. Let us listen now to God's holy word. If another member of the church sins against you, go and point out the fault when the two of you are alone. If the member listens to you, you have regained that one. But if you are not listened to, take one or two others along with you, so that every word may be confirmed by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If the member refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if the offender refuses to listen even to the church, let such a one be to you as a Gentile or a tax collector. Truly, I tell you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, truly, I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there among them. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Almighty God, we ask that as we hear the words of your Son, Jesus Christ, this morning, may it loosen our hearts. May it open them. May it free us from holding on to the things that we think give us power, give us strength, but really keep us from you. Help us to understand what it means to live in a community as your people, to be ones who set our hearts and our minds on the life-giving path you lay out in front of us. Help us to remember all these things as it was modeled for us by your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Being a Presbyterian pastor means that there's a lot of things I've had to get used to, such as the loads of polity and rules that you have to become accustomed to. Some of it you hold on to, but there's probably a lot of other things, a good handful of things that get lost along the way. However, though, there's a couple of rules that I've always held on to in ministry. The first rule is this, is that you never talk about others in a vague sense. Use names. For example, so-and-so said this, or to put it another way, imagine you're in a situation where you're sitting around a table at a meeting, let's say a church meeting, and you know there's those occasional moments where someone raises their hand and you know they said, I was talking to so-and-so and they weren't really happy about this. No, we, we name what our problems are. We name people. We don't talk about things in the abstract. And the second rule that I've held on to ministry is this, that if you have a problem, 
tell the other person or the other party, don't hold on to it and let it fester. Living in a community with other people will inevitably lead to disagreements and it will lead to conflict. How we handle those tense situations, though, is what reflects our abilities, reflects our growth, you might say, reflects on how well we've put Jesus's teaching about the subject into practice. And these practices help us develop civility in community. We hear Jesus this morning remind those who gathered around him, the disciples, and I'm sure the multitude of others who were with him, that if you have a problem with someone, go and talk to them. Now, go and talk might seem like an obvious solution, yet it is one that we don't implement nearly enough. Let me say that again, that go and talk may seem like an obvious solution, but it's one that is drastically underutilized. Talking is the first step towards healing and reconciliation. We can't get the ball rolling if we don't start those practices. The ability to listen, the ability to converse, is what is at the heart of Jesus' teaching this morning in the Gospel according to Matthew. To pursue this course of dialogue isn't easy, though, and the thought of coming to an equitable decision with someone who we perceived as wronging us doesn't come naturally. But that is exactly, well, that is exactly, that is explicitly what Jesus asks us to do. For some reason, though, we would much rather blame other people. We would preferably try and bring other people into the picture, not to help ease the tension as a third party, but to have them side with us in the argument. In mediation, we call this triangulation, the practice of using a third party to express ourselves instead of directly engaging with the other person or the other party. For some reason, we're more willing to sink enormous amounts of emotional and physical energy into social manipulation, which is perplexing because if we took the time in the first place, if we took the effort to address things head on in a compassionate manner, the fruit of such work would be self evident. The conclusion would be much more palatable because it would be more just and more loving. It gets us nowhere if we play the blame game or if we just complain. In a community, effort has to be put in. Effort has to be put in in a way that guides us to an understanding of the other party or those who we think have wronged us. Living in a community of faith or living in any kind of community may be best understood as a two-way street. There's a give and take, right? There's a give and take, a burden sharing when it comes to how we handle these issues that arise between us. We might naturally think that the person who caused the wrong would be the one who starts the process of healing and reconciliation, but Jesus tells us otherwise. Jesus tells us that the onus is on us to initiate the process of repairing these relationships. Because as I said before, Someone has to get the ball rolling. Someone has to get the ball moving. 
And as we know, the longer we let these feelings eat away at us, eat away at our souls, the harder it will be to undo the shackles they tie around our hearts. Understanding begins with cultivating our ability to empathize, which may or may not be an emotional muscle we need to exercise. Like all things, it needs exercise, it needs practice. Jesus is telling us that seeing a conflict from a different perspective is crucial to the restoration of relationships. We belong to a vast and complex system of interrelational connections that are rarely the fault of any one individual when a conflict arises. And in the moments when we feel wronged or hurt, we may be careful, we must be careful, how we respond. Or else, in the end, we will be contributing to the growing cycle of misunderstanding and pain. If we can just tear back the layers of miscommunication that reveal what is at the heart of the conflict, the process of renewal can begin. That is the power of empathy, the power of listening. But like all good things, it takes sacrifice, it takes an ability to love, and it takes practice. And believe me, it is a skill we need to hone by the end of this year, if not now. There's a poem about the power of empathy, of listening, that I think will help us put things into perspective. In a way, it ties into the conversation we've been having, or the conversations we've been having about the Ten Commandments, and the teaching we hear from Jesus this morning as we focus on this passage from Matthew's Gospel. It's a poem called The Raincoat by Ada Lamon, which I think beautifully captures the power of being able to recognize the stories, the hurts, the experiences we don't know are going on in other people. In this poem, Ada chronicles her journey with a spinal injury and it chronicles how her mother drives her back and forth to these physical therapy sessions and along the way sometimes her mother makes observations about how she seems like things are going better for her that she can sing now and she asks her daughter to sing while they're in the car and from the perspective of the daughter she mentions She does it because she thinks her mother likes it. Later on, the poem jumps ahead to when she's an adult and driving, and one day she drives by during a storm and sees a mother wrapping her own raincoat around their daughter. And to quote the end of this poem, Ida Lamon writes this, My God... I thought. My whole life I've been living under her raincoat, thinking it was somehow a marvel that I never got wet. It's a beautiful poem and one that actually brings tears to my eyes. I I encourage you to read it. It's called The Raincoat once again. And it's a, a poem that captures this ability to empathize 
And it's one that I think also captures conflict in a different way, conflict that is internal. We don't know how the mother feels as she drives her child to physical therapy back and forth on these long car rides. We don't know what goes through the mind of the daughter as she sits in the long car drive singing because she thought her mother liked it. We don't know everything that's going on. But we discover that at the end of the poem, there is this realization of what was given up so that she might be the person she became, thanks to the sacrifice that her mother made. And stepping back and seeing the broader picture and listening and understanding from a new perspective, the daughter understands the internal struggles, the sacrifices her mother made for her. This is the kind of empathy Jesus is asking us to embody. It doesn't mean that we stop seeking justice and seeking amicable amends, but that step of justice and amends isn't even something that's within our reach if we haven't first stopped to take a moment to consider how our own actions impact those around us. If we don't stop to consider the stories we don't know, to take in the bigger picture of what it means to live in a community and a community of faith. Jesus asks something more of us, and that doesn't seem fair, but it's what's expected of us. As people who are older than a three-year-old or a child, we often look down at children. From my observations, we often look down at their ability to empathize and make amends when things go wrong. But I think we often underestimate children's capacity to relate to one another. And often, children set a better example of reconciliation than those of us who call ourselves adults. It's a challenge at times, I admit. Granted, it's an important challenge. How will we conduct ourselves in a manner that curtails the negativity that swirls around us? What we will find is that civility and community don't mean we all smile and pretend everything's okay. There's a lot of sweat, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of tears that go into building the kind of just, loving, compassionate community that Christ calls us to be a part of. As I mentioned before, we'll be heading into another tumultuous season, a tumultuous November. Keep this passage from Matthew at the forefront before you share things online or lash out at others or you fill in the blank. Listen with an open heart and empathize in a manner that reflects how you would want to be treated by someone else. There are plenty of stumbling blocks that will get in our way along this rocky road of life. However, there is a greater number of things we can overcome together if we set our hearts on the life-giving pathway God sets before us. If we can manage these goals, then we will be better for it and contribute in our own unique way to ending the cycles of mistrust, bitterness, and hate that have been festering underneath the surface. So may we be agents of change, agents of change who listen, 
who initiate healing and reconciliation in the parts of our communities that are in need of it. And may we be a people who are willing to step back and see the broader picture before speaking, writing, texting. Let us be the example Christ set for us in a world that needs more people who can bring a healing presence. Amen. Thanks again for listening, and we will hold you in prayer as we head into a new week. If you'd like to learn more about our church and ministry, or if you'd like to learn how you can support us, you can visit our website at mayopacchurch.org. Until next week, God bless.